Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Morning, good afternoon, good evening, North. So I'm gonna ready this. Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. Alright, we got a lot to talk about. Including NVIDIA trying to go ahead and use the current landscape of its own terrible launches to its own advantage, as well as Apple not learning anything. First, though, before we uh, get started, I actually do want to give a bit of a PSA to all my fellow Twitch streamers out there. Silently, and no one's really talking about this other than us small streamers, recently Twitch silently updated the way raids work. A Twitch raid is when you, after your stream ends, have your stream host someone else and basically bring all your viewers along to say hello to that other streamer. It's done on Twitch mostly to help increase exposure both for yourself and to the streamer that you are rating. It's a show of good faith. It is very customary and has been done on Twitch since 19 always. Twitch recently tried making it a feature officially. So you can just type slash raid, then whoever the heck you wanted to raid, your people then join. It then comes up as a little window at the top of the chat screen, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone's happy and everything and and whatnot. All right. So that's all well and good, right? Well, Twitch has made it. So that if your raid is less than five people, it triggers nothing. The person you're raiding gets no notification. It sets off no alert. Keep in mind, you can set off a host alert with zero viewers. But you now can't set off a raid alert unless you have five or more. Now, this is all well and good for larger streamers, all right? I mean, if you were frickin' Shroud sitting at 15,000 viewers, I could understand why you'd be a little annoyed when, like, nobody McMonobodyerson tries to come in and tries to snatch away viewers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. But let's say you're a small streamer like myself. Let's say you're sitting there, and this is actually a true story. Let's say you're sitting there, second biggest Dragon Quest Eleven streamer of the night, sitting with 12 viewers, 
and then you go and raid the third biggest streamer because you know the first biggest streamer currently it, well they're only a couple of viewers ahead of you but they are way further ahead in the game and you didn't want spoilers so you raid the person under you that you know there isn't any spoilers however only four people joined the raid because the rest of them were just lurking and there's nothing wrong with lurking mind you they were just hang hanging out just had you in the background and working on other tasks that's a normal part of twitch however in this context it makes it so that your show of good faith literally doubling someone else's view count goes completely unnoticed which then makes the streamer you're rating seem very rude. And your whole point of rating is completely lost. So here's what I'd recommend if you're a smaller streamer like myself. If you're rating and your raid is four or less, cancel the raid and host instead. It's going to end up doing more. And it sounds terrible to say it that way, but it's true. It's a blasted shame that Twitch went ahead and just pushed this out. And what I really don't get is why Twitch didn't make it an option. What a concept. Having it as an actual option rather than it just being forced out onto everyone. Because, like, let's say... Let's say a close friend of mine gets back into streaming. They only manage to get three viewers, and they want to go go raid me and say, Hey, buddy, how you doing? Long time no see. I may never know. At all. It is a shame that Twitch decided, despite the fact they have raid options, they have been great lately in giving you choice as to whether you have a feature of Twitch enabled or not. But in this case, they're just like, you know what, small guy? Screw you. And it's a blasted shame. It really is. So there's my PSA to all smaller streamers out there and bigger streamers who want to support smaller streamers. Just uh, just be aware that this is a thing. Now, with that said, let's go to a different kind of PSA. If you are one of the people that have an uh, excuse me, that has an older Apple Watch that for some reason is still not called the iWatch, I am still surprised by this. But if you have an older Apple Watch, specifically this is confirmed on the Series 3, uh, you need to not update to watchOS 7 because it will absolutely lock up your device. WatchOS 7 is absolutely crippling to older Apple Watches such as the Series 3 Apple Watch. And all I can really say to this is smooth job, Apple. Smooth job. 
Great. Bravo. I mean, part of me just wants to go ahead and say, hey, look at that. Apple's being Apple again. Except, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it's because Apple legitimately underestimated the capabilities of an older watch? Or do you think it was intentional to make your watch crippling, crippling, unusable? Now that I'm done porky pigging my way through that one. I'm not going to lie. I could see it either way. I really, really could see Apple doing this either way. Tech Talk has gotten a bit of a reprieve. I believe we actually did talk about this last week. But um, the White House administration's attempt to ban TikTok from being downloaded in U.S. app stores was blocked in the meantime. And it will be going to court most likely after November 3rd. Wait, when is election day again? (laughs) He says quickly, yeah, November 3rd. I did this accidentally last time. I think I said November 4th, and that was the day after election day. I don't want to spread misinformation, but in any case, TikTok is safe for now. For better or for worse. I'm still not a fan of TikTok at all. Chat says, don't worry, you'll know when election day is because it's the day all ads disappear. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. I swear, like 80% of all ads right now is just political ads, and it makes watching anything with ads very, very difficult. I cannot wait until after election day. All right. Apple and Epic hearings were earlier this week, and uh, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of underwhelming. But it did show signs that uh, Apple versus Epic is... uh, This is definitely going to be a case that's going to be going on for quite some time. The other problem for those hoping for some kind of reprieve from just Apple controlling everything in their own app store forever, I got bad news for you. There is unfortunately precedent for for uh, for this kind of behavior. There is saying that it's technically not a monopoly if it's a subset of a subset of a market. Because Apple only controls 63% of the mobile market or something like that or another. Basically, because it's a subset of a subset, it's uh, 
It's technically not a monopoly. All right, so we'll see how this goes on. Because right now, the unfortunate thing is that just like trying to see how it's going to go, nobody knows. Because is it a subset of a subset or is the iOS marketplace its own marketplace or a subset in the marketplace of just mobile software sales in general? That is going to be the question that will be answered probably in 2021. Google, however, just decided, you know what? In Android 12, we're just going to make using third-party app stores just easier. We're not that way. We're just going to make it open here. You want to make a store? Here you go. We're going to make it easier for you. See, we're not a monopoly. We're, we're just Android. We're just going to be like, whatever. And you know what, Google? Okay. That's fair. That is perfectly fair. That being said, though, I am absolutely not going to use the Samsung store built into my phone. That place looks sketch AF. Just saying. However, Google's willingness for other stores to exist on Android comes at a price. And this price being that in-app purchases inside the Google store is going to be well basically Google's been kind of laxed as far as using Google Pay and getting Google their 30% cut of in-app purchases and that's where the real money is right now when it comes to mobile payments nobody pays like freaking 99 cents to go download an app they pay 99 cents to go get a loot box inside the app for a chance to have the game be playable that's where the real money is and that's also why i hate mobile games i'm just saying it is awful well, Google's been kind of laxed about saying, hey, you should use Google Pay, but if you want to go use yours, I mean, you shouldn't, but... Yeah. Well, now they're going to be a bit stricter about it. All right, well, you go ahead and do that. Meanwhile, we do have a follow-up to the great NVIDIA capacitor plague of late last week it feels man 2020 is just doing fierce things to my sense of time because the nvidia capacitor plague of the rtx 3000 series it feels like it was six weeks ago it was six days ago that's it But in any case, things kind of progressed interestingly this past week. It first started with, I'd say tech YouTuber, but he's more like a tech um, lunatic. 
Der Bauer went ahead and just said, all right, you know what? People aren't sure whether POS caps or MLCCs are the right way to go. So you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and take this card that's got six POS caps. That's supposedly the worst situation ever. And I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to go and replace two of the POS caps with MLCCs because that's supposed to fix everything. And so he went and did it. He also tested it without any POS caps on there at all. Or just no caps on those two spots at all. And, uh, well, it did behave worse. But with the MLCCs, it still crashed. Like, within a margin of error with just all the POS caps on there. Which would suggest that POS caps or MLCCs on the back of the RTX 3080s and 3090s don't really make or break a card's ability to perform. It appears more likely that the drivers that NVIDIA released with these just weren't, just tried to, tried to turbo more than they should have. And so NVIDIA has released a hotfix driver, which then sacrifices a bit of the turbo performance, but gets rid of crashing as a whole. So in the end, it, it more appears to be that these cards were just turboing more than they should have. Now, is there going to be a lawsuit? Because I raised this question last week and someone in the chat just raised it here too. Probably not. Because the thing is, is that the amount of performance you lose... You, you, the thing is that you're losing performance that was never advertised. That's the thing. It was just like, hey, we're promised. I don't even know the numbers off the top of my head. Like the actual spec says, hey, this is this is the frequency you should expect. You can turbo up to this number. And it's just like, hey, with this driver crash, we turbo up to slightly lower than that. Well, I said up to deal with it. And that's most likely how it's just going to go. You're just not going to get those last 30 megahertz. You thought you were promised, but not really. And when push comes to shove, it's not going to matter a whole lot. I will be curious to see how more mature cards behave. Ones that have factory overclocks, that have custom power delivery, that go out of the reference board spec. So, I, I honestly, this, this whole thing, uh, it seemed like a big deal, and now that the smoke has cleared a bit, it's, we're talking... 30 megahertz after the hotfix driver was applied. That's just all there is to it. However, that's not to say NVIDIA is free of scandal. Oh, no, 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 no. If you think NVIDIA is free of scandal, you are mistaken because, of course, there is still the issue 
of all the cars being bought by robots. So NVIDIA has a solution for you. Because they want to make sure that the RTX 3070 launch, the launch that I would, I would dare argue the overwhelming majority of people actually care about. Because the 3080, that's just me for the people who want the best of the best. The 3090 are for the lunatics. The ones who'd be in the market for a Titan class graphic card. The 3080 though, those are the people who had a 2080 Ti before. The 3070, however, top tier performance for, you know, 500-ish bucks. That's pretty good. That's the one that the majority are going to care about. Well, unfortunately, there has been a delay. The RTX 3070, in order to build up store stock so that everyone can get it, it is being delayed to Thursday, October 29th. Yes, don't worry, everyone. We will make sure there are plenty of, of RTX 3070 cards. That's clearly... The only reason for the delay to make sure that bots don't buy up every single card because there'll be so many cards the bots can't possibly buy up every single one. That's the reason. That is totally the reason. Yep, yep. Just to go and make sure the bots can't dry up the supply. Ignore the fact that AMD has new cards being announced on the 28th. Ignore that part. The point is you need to only focus on the fact that the RTX 3070, the sweet spot GPU that we've announced because the 3060 doesn't exist yet, is gonna be out the day after AMD announces their GPUs. It's definitely not to steal AMD's thunder. It's only to make sure we outsmart the bots. How blatant can you get, NVIDIA? How blatant can you get? Uh, all right, here, bold prediction time. Bold prediction time. The RTX 3070 is not going to launch for $399. I guarantee you, I am, well, I won't guarantee. I am willing to put money down that the RTX 3070 will launch at 449, putting it only like 20 bucks under, say, the RX 6800 to 6700. I'm willing to bet that's what's going to happen. I'm willing to bet this. I'm willing to bet NVIDIA got internal knowledge. They saw how much the AMD GPUs perform, and they realized they're going to be beat performance per dollar on one of the AMD cards. So they're moving behind it. They're going to lower their price and put them as a better value option and kind of stick their 37 between the 6,800 and the 6,700, maybe even between the 6,900 and the 6,800. I don't know, but I'm just saying this has nothing to do with outsmarting the bots. Absolutely nothing.
to do with that. Because I guarantee you that the bots are going to outsmart the launch. I'm willing to bet the RTX 3070 is going to be hit with the same kind of supply issues. It's going to happen. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be worse. But there's going to be scalpers out there trying to do it. The scalpers are going to have a hard time trying to sell it because a lot of the people out there who have the power of bots are sick of other bots ruining everyone's ability to just enjoy one thing in life in 2020, the year of nothing but disappointment and sadness. And then bots got to come and ruin it. And I guarantee you AMD's going to run into the same thing. AMD's launch is also going to be wrecked with bots. It also would not surprise me at all if the RTX 3060 was also announced on the same day as AMD announces their cards. It is clear what's going on here. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Let's actually talk about some of those AMD cards because we actually do have some interesting info about them. With round-the-clock protection at a great price, your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to, unlike this unenthusiastic hype man. Okay, everybody, let's make some noise. Put your hands up. Or not. It's your call. Here we go now. Here we go. Switch to Progressive today. It is electric in here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so we do actually have leaks in regards to the Radeon RX 6900 XT, 6800 XT, and 6700 XT. These are the three cards that will supposedly be announced the day before NVIDIA decided they have enough GPUs to launch the world, and definitely not because NVIDIA delayed their launch to go and steal thunder from AMD. That is absolutely not the reason. Why would you ever think that? And unfortunately, the specs don't tell us much. They do tell us the three cards will run GDDR6. That their base clock across all three cards is going to be 1500 megahertz. We do have stream processor counts, which means exactly nothing. Because stream processing cores and CUDA cores are radically different. And we have no idea how well these cores will perform. So me telling you that the 6900 XT has 5,120 stream cores, the 6800 having 3,840 stream cores, and the 6700 having 2,560 stream cores pretty much means nothing. We have no idea what that's going to mean in the grand scheme of things. 
We'll just have to see how it performs. I did mention on an early bird briefing when this leak first came out that uh, there was a decent chance these were spoofed because the numbers just looked way too neat. But some other leaks have also confirmed these numbers. So these numbers seem real-er. But of course, having six different sources all use the exact same bad numbers doesn't mean those bad numbers are true. It just means they're less likely to be bad numbers. Always keep that in mind. So, I mean, with that said, these cards are going to have seemingly more memory than the RTX 3000 series cards. So that's a plus. There's no other way to look at it that way. Bandwidth and speed-wise, suffering a bit. We also don't know what they're using for real-time ray tracing. Is it all going to be in software? Is there dedicated hardware for it? At this time, we don't know. We have no idea what ray tracing performance is going to look like. We would have to wait and see. We are finally, however, getting some leaks about Ryzen 5000. And yes, the initial rumor suggesting that it was going to be the Ryzen 5000 series does seem much more likely. It is rumored that these CPUs will be available on October 20th. The core counts do not seem to change. The 5950X is still going to be a 16-core processor. 5900X is going to be a 12-core processor. 5800X going to end up being an 8-core processor. And 5600X is going to be a 6-core processor with, of course, twice that many threads. So they're going to match up to their predecessors in that regard. Leaks do not say what their clock speeds are. However, some rumors are saying that there is going to be a, quote, huge leap forward in single core performance compared to Zen 2. That is actually really good. And it's obvious that that's where AMD would focus, right? I mean, AMD already made the 64-core processor. 64 cores! It's still ridiculous to talk about. Heck, even the mainstream processors, 8, 12, 16 cores. It's ridiculous. They have a mobile chip with 8 cores in it. I needed two processors to get that many cores not too long ago. Many core AMD has down. Now they need those, those individual cores to absolutely kick Intel's 14 nanometer butt. So if Zen 3, Ryzen 5000 can do it, then by God, 
AMD or Intel's got some catching up to do. I'm too used to saying AMD has got some catching up to do, despite the fact that AMD has been lurching closer and closer to desktop dominance for for a couple of years now. Is it bad I'm actually getting excited to see what Intel's going to do when they actually have a real answer ready? I'm serious. I really do want to see what they can do. I don't know how you did it, AMD. You have somehow actually made me excited to see what Intel can do. Lenovo has announced some new... What they're calling ThinkBooks. To which Lenovo, as someone who has for a long, long time always had a very close eye on the professional market space, as someone who has always, always kept a very special place in my heart for IBM and Lenovo, for corporate industrial workstations and workhorses, to see the name ThinkBook just makes me go, thanks. I hate it. ThinkBook? It, it sounds like a freaking terrible Chinese knockoff of the ThinkPad. And what's even worse, as much as I hate the trackpoint, the trackpoint is gone on the ThinkBook. Why? Why have you done this, Lenovo? First the keyboard, now the track point. You had one job. I mean, granted, you did put a weird dock for your earbuds in it. Thus making me wonder what the heck kind of future I live in when I need my laptop to charge my swallowable ear pills. <sighs> yeah, I think I'm just going to stick with uh, used corporate laptops for a while. Granted, it does have the option for either 11th gen Intel processors or Ryzen 4000 processors. All right, we'll see how that goes. We will see how that goes. However, there's one thing that has me very, very concerned. Lenovo, very concerned. Why does the memory cap out at 40 gigs? Why? Why would you do this? You know what this means, right? Memory doesn't come in 20 gig modules. You want my theory as to why? You have 16 gigs soldered on the board, don't you? And you have one SODIM slot on the board that can go up to a 32 gig module. No, that doesn't add up. What have you done? 
do you cap out at 40 gigs? This makes no sense. Up, oh, chat's quick on the math. Eight gigs soldered on the board. And, and an SODIM slot taking 32. There we go. I was just off, I was just off by eight. Ah, uh, I see. Well, at least there is an option for up to a two terabyte laptop hard drive and a one terabyte M.2. This laptop is an abomination. This is awful. I hate this laptop. I really, really do. The more and more I look at the spec list, the more and more I cringe, shudder, and scream, but I don't want to disturb anyone by screaming like a murder victim, because that's what my brain feels like just looking at this thing. Fortunately, however, the ThinkPads do still exist, and there is a brand new ThinkPad X1 Nano, a thinner, lighter ThinkPad out there. Which, okay. It's okay. I like I like the thought. Going ahead, taking the ThinkPad durability, making it as thin as a MacBook Air, and saying, you know what? Here you go. It's not the fastest laptop out there, but by God, if you want something that's thin, light, you can shove into to a bag on your way to the next meeting or whatever, here you go. And then on top of that, it's a freaking ThinkPad. So the blasted thing's gonna be pretty much, is gonna be very drop resistant. It's gonna be spill resistant. I mean, ThinkPads are tanks, man. The only thing more tanky than a ThinkPad is a tough book. And the only thing more tanky than a tough book is an actual tank or a Nokia phone or a Game Boy. So I, for one, welcome this. What I am concerned exists, however, is the ThinkPad X1 Fold. Taking the 12-inch Windows tablet model, which, by the way, I actually did find an X1 tablet on the used market on the cheap. I actually love this thing. Cool thing. If you can actually find an X1 ta tablet on the, on the used market for, for like the same 200 bucks that I paid... Dude, go for it. Just go for it. But the fact that uh, the X1 Legacy has gone from a solid Windows tablet to a foldable one with a stylus using the same flexible plastic that permanent damage will be caused by a fingernail is still disappointing. Look, these foldable screens are super cool in concept. Absolutely. They are freaking awesome on paper. Holy cow, in the real life, you are never going to want to use it because you're afraid of damaging it. And these things are so expensive. It's just, we aren't there yet. We just aren't, not for the mainstream to enjoy. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Let's talk about the Google announcements because Google also announced a whole bunch of stuff.
And by that, I mean like three things. Modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so Google had their Pixel 5 event. And here's my personal favorite. I was looking very quickly 
this morning for an article just so I had like the notes in front of me because the announcement wasn't that big. And the thing is that The Verge, as much as I loathe their way of reporting, they are still useful for just like wanting to go and cover everything. So they're very easy to just go and get something for quick notes. Somehow The Verge got seven biggest announcements out of an event that announced three things. Four, if you account... Oh, by the way, we're also releasing the Pixel 4a 5G. It has the same processor as our Pixel 5, but it also has 5G, but it's the 4a body. This is not an item. That's just an also we do this. In any case, Google announced the Pixel 5, the biggest thing I love about the Pixel 5 is the fact that it starts at $699 as opposed to Samsung's phones which are made of plastic and start at $1,000. Yes, I am still salty about that. I am very, very salty about Samsung being more Apple-like than Apple. But it does have a 90 hertz refresh rate. It's IPX waterproof. TM, dustproof, really good cameras, 5G support. Uh, I already forgot the the name of the turn. The ability to go and wireless charge other phones with it. And it will be available October 29th. So, yay. Now we can go and scramble to get phones or try to get a GPU that will be bought by all bots. Sweet. It'll be available in either green or black. Nice. Very nice. And the Chromecast running an actual operating system has been confirmed the new chromecast which is in fact going to be called chromecast is going to be running google tv rather than its previous operating system which was known as just flinging whatever the heck you want from your phone onto the screen and don't worry about it it will not require a phone to use but it will require a proprietary remote that you will inevitably lose because you are a klutz What do you mean that's just me? Well, in any case, um, I have mixed feelings about this. I really do. It will start at $50, but it will not support Google Stadia. Good job. Good job. You had one job, Google. It will, however, still have the features of the original Chromecast. That actually is good to know. 
But I don't know. I just... Hmm. Maybe just in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you know, the simplicity of the old Chromecast just kind of just going ahead and uh, just making things simple. And I just do not understand why. Why omit the access to Stadia? Do you want to be taken seriously or not, Google? Because here's the thing. You want to prove that you want to be successful with this sort of cloud computing sort of thing? Then look at the 80% of us who said, you're going to kill Stadia. You're going to make Stadia useless and not support it ever, ever, ever again. And you look me in the face and tell me you actually want to support Stadia. Because you know what this is. This is a dead sign to say, you don't care. Chat saying it's because... Stadia toasted the old Chromecast. It only toasted the old Chromecast if you tried to support 4K. It's all software. Just support 1080. It's not like Stadia had a, was, had a reputation at all for just taking your freaking fo footage before and just making it freaking 1080p despite claiming 4K. Just stream at 1080. Just say sorry, your device doesn't support 4K streaming. It's not hard. How the heck is it that I have better ideas on how to use Stadia than freaking Google themselves? The kings of over-engineering this. Uh, here's what I'll just tell you, Google. All right. You're bigger brain than me. All right. You've got much, much brighter brains over at your HQ. And I'd say at your campus, but let's be honest, you're having them all, all work out of their basements right now. You've got capable minds over there just come to a consensus either have stadia run within the spec that it's physically capable of or just admit you're not going to support the platform and kill it Just either prove me right or make it work. And before I get emails saying, oh, it's not that simple. We all know the problem is in regards with 4K 60 gaming right now. We know that for a fact. Just don't offer it right now. Say it's not ready yet. <sighs> and last, we have the reveal of Nest Audio. Before the smaller speaker was called uh, 
was also had the Nest name. Now the full-size speaker is now called Nest Audio. I, I honestly have nothing for it. It's a smart speaker. It's called Nest. It uses new software. What more do you want? It, it, it's just, it is what it is. There's just, there's like absolutely nothing to talk about with it. It's just like, oh, okay. Bye. Because let's be honest, if you were in for smart speakers, you already went and have a whole bunch of Echo Dots scattered throughout your entire apartment like I do. Or you have one hooked up specifically to your mixer like I do, and you've intentionally trained it to be stupid and just have hilarious results as, as you ask it dumb things and watch it get it wrong every single time it's one or the other microsoft has announced a new budget-friendly laptop that is called the surface laptop go that is running it's 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 okay you know it's got a pretty good touchscreen on it it's got a pretty good webcam on it it's got you know it's a pretty okay laptop. The big thing on it is the price. And I feel awful in the fact that as I'm scrolling through, I cannot find the price to save my life. It starts at, it starts at $700. For a brand new laptop, it's okay. It's a, it's a solid choice, I'd, I'd say, for like a student or something. In addition, we also have the Surface Pro X, a second generation of Microsoft's ARM-based Surface tablet running Windows 10 that you shouldn't get. Why are you even considering it? Stop it. Stop it. Do not spend $1,000 on the Surface Pro X. You will hate yourself. You know it, too. But it's running ARM, and ARM is the future. Stop it. Stop. Stop. You know it's going to be a nightmare to use. You know most of the stuff's not going to work. You know it's going to be terrible. Stop. Don't. Nope. Do not buy a $1,000 paperweight. All right, I'm just going to put that out there. Don't. We got a long way to go before Windows is going to be ARM ready. Okay, as a quick addendum, because I put tabs in the wrong order... The new Google Chromecast will, however, have Stadia support supposedly in the first half of 2021. Assuming Stadia isn't canceled before the first half of 2021. 
so we have that. Holy cow, I put a whole bunch of stuff in the wrong order. All right. Google is introducing a new ability, a new feature called Google News Showcase. The whole concept of this is by investing $1 billion, Google can flex and also create a dedicated news app that uh, takes news stories from various outlets and puts them all in one nice convenient place. It's a very interesting and cool concept and most likely down the road will either have a fee or be ad supported by Google, which will then pay back into the into the news showcase program, which will pay the news publishers directly. So you might be wondering, why? Why is this suddenly coming up? <laughs> Remember last week? when we were talking offhand about how uh, the Australian government was going to force search engines to pay news sites. Surprise! Look what it resulted in! Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty obvious. And Australia's not alone. There's a couple other countries that are trying to implement something very similar but it now results in this. So take that for what it's worth. Amazon also revealed a, uh, also this is the first thing they revealed, what they're calling Amazon One. Which much like Apple One is an all-in-one sort of payment program whereby paying one yearly subscription you can get access to a whole bunch of stuff. Oh wait, no, they already did that. That's Amazon Prime. Amazon One is a weird palm security scanner that can be used for payments or for securing businesses. So I'll just, it, it, this is an interesting concept, okay? This is very, very fascinating. And it would be very, very useful if uh, if stores existed and if workplaces existed. Unfortunately, this is the year 2020, and the only thing that exists is the underground bunker that I'm trapped in forever. So, I mean, I guess I'll get one to make sure that no one can get into my underground bunker. That would save me all the deadbolts I installed on, on the door but I already bought 12 of those, so I guess I'll just keep living in my bunker. So there, is 2020 over yet? Well, I'm gonna go ahead, take a break, figure out if 2020 still exists, and when we come back, let's talk about all the odd stories, including the IRS being foolish enough to think that cryptocurrency, uh, that cryptocurrency Miners are going to answer truthfully while already trying to use cryptocurrency to dodge taxes. Yeah.
Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. So as I kind of teased and almost gave away the whole thing, Amazon has... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, we already talked about that. I meant to talk about the IRS and how they're going to be putting questions at the top of the 1040 to try and trap Bitcoin users that are using cryptocurrency to launder money and to evade taxes. Good luck with that. (laughs) How many people actually think that those who are clever enough and willing enough to actually deal with the cesspool that is cryptocurrency mining are not going to go ahead and just lie on some tax forms? Here is a spoiler alert. They're going to. It is inevitable. It is going to happen. I don't think it's going to catch a single cheater, but we will see. It is also the end of an era. Farmville is finally, after 10,000 years, finally shutting down, and it's all Google's fault. Because Google is ending support and and making it so that all Chrome browsers will not fire up Flash ever, Farmville, which was still somehow still Flash-based, is going to be shutting down December 31st. And thus, all the people stranded out in Farmville have to figure out some other way to get their farming fix. Maybe they'll go discover Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley. Or Animal Crossing. You know, real games that aren't absolutely terrible. Or maybe they will decide to move out to a real farm. And enjoy some of Verizon's LTE-based home internet that is now available in 48 states. So... You have that as an option if you're out in, out in the rural areas. And uh, interestingly enough, this home internet starts at $40 a month. But if you don't, if you have an already existing Verizon plan, if you don't, it's $60 per month. But uh, oddly enough, you end up paying based on speed and there is no data cap? What? Wait. You can use a cellular network and not have a data cap? And not have... And and not be throttled? Wait, then then why do cell phone have data cap if home router not have data cap? Are data caps a lie? What? 
I, I, my, my world has just been completely shattered. Uh, like, this is good and everything, but it's just like, this just raises so many questions for the rest of us who are sitting with our phones and just being like, man, I've only got two gigs left and then I'm going to be throttled down to a third of my speed and... It's just like, why? What's the point? It annoys me. In a weird sort of way. Well, while my brain has a hard time processing that, researchers have come up with a way to predict epileptic seizures one hour in advance, all thanks to my favorite buzzwords in, an, in a Google keynote <laughs> entirely, machine learning and algorithms, analyzing EEG signals. Real talk though, this is really cool. And there is a distinct chance this is actually gonna be cooler Then it's then it's then it's actually gonna be in practice. I don't know. It's 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 both interesting and hmm. I don't know. I got mixed feelings about it. It is clearly a it is clearly a uh, a breakthrough. All right when it comes to predicting and helping to stop seizures. And it's all thanks to, you know, AI, basically. But at the same time, I see its practical use kind of limited. Eh, I should just chalk it up to a breakthrough as a breakthrough. Real good, good job. A another point for AI that isn't about ending our lives in a Terminator-style movie. And just instead, talk about how Microsoft is going full 2020 on us and has found a way to bring the wonderfulness of commuting and blend it into a work-and-home environment. Why? Why would you do this? Who woke up in the morning and said, man, you know what I miss? Rush hour. I miss staring at someone's taillights and wondering why car no move. I just, I, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe as someone who isn't forced to work from home and only, I only had to work from home for fortunately two days. I was suspect of, of having the virus. I did have to work from home for a couple of days while waiting for test results for the virus to come back. And, uh, during those two days, I hated it. I really did. So maybe there is something to this. Maybe there actually is something psychological that helps someone from going bat squeak insane. 
I am the wrong person to analyze it, though. This, however, brings us to the last verb, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the day. Toyota made GLaDOS. End of story. <laughs> okay, okay, no, real talk, real talk. Uh, Toyota made a very interesting home robot that hangs from the ceiling, very GLaDOS-like, and is able to help out in the kitchen. So it runs on rails hanging from the ceiling upside down with white shrouds on it and will go ahead and bake you a cake. Hopefully it won't bake you into a cake. I'm sorry, you look, it's GLaDOS. It is, it, it's GLaDOS with arms. <laughs> I, I, you, I, I, you need to look at it. Just look up Toyota GLaDOS. You need to look up this thing and you will see, my God. It's GLaDOS. The only thing it's missing is GLaDOS's AI and his voice saying, there you are. It's been a long time. How have you been? And you know what? That is the time to say that is it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. I do encourage you, please check out my daily podcast, The Early Burb Briefing, which airs every single morning at 4 central time, where we just do like a, qu a quick little rant on the latest tech news and check out my Twitch page at twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. You can find that podcast and this podcast at pretty much every single outlet, including Amazon Music, freaking iHeartRadio, iTunes, literally everywhere. Take care and I'll see you then. So how long until this robot actually does turn us into a cake? It's inevitable, right? It's gotta be. I'm telling you, man, Toyota is aperture. Cave Johnson is sitting at the head of Toyota right now, trying to figure out how to make lemon grenades while his freaking GLaDOS robots go and move in, assimilate themselves into cars, and it's, it's only a matter of time, man. I'm telling you, the end is nigh. You thought the virus was the real problem of 2020? No, it's GLaDOS piloted freaking Toyota Priuses. The end is nigh. The end is nigh. Or, you know, it's just a helpful cafe robot. Your choice.
Modern leaders, it's not just their ability to reason that we value or their eloquence. It's more than their intelligence that we admire. What truly matters is their humanity. Just like modern leaders, the LS is human at heart. Every aspect of the Lexus LS is crafted around you, engineered to a higher standard, the human standard. The new 2021 Lexus LS. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.